1 Peter 3 and verse 18, and this, this goes along with some of the testimonies this morning. For Christ also has suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Father, I thank you for your inspired word that's error-free in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Now, for many years, I thought that Jesus died spiritually because the Bible says quickened by the Spirit. But when you delve into this subject, it's talking about his physical body. Woodpeckers in here. I said... He was put to death in the flesh body, but quickened by the spirit in the flesh body. That's what I'm saying. He didn't spiritually die. No. But I'm glad God sent his son to redeem us back to the Father. And the truth is, Jesus was the only just one that ever was or ever will be, really. But he stepped up to the plate and paid the price for us so that we could be justified in the eyes of God, amen, through his sacrificial offering. What I was speaking about with the Africans yesterday is that God's sacrificial lamb, God's sacrificial lamb, we might look at that tonight a little bit more. But I want to lay something on you that I've learned in four decades. God has all knowledge. <clears throat> but, now some of this is Davis theology, okay? So take it for a grain of salt. There are some things he chooses not to know. Can God do that? Well, he has all knowledge, but there are some things he chooses not to know for reasons unknown. He can limit his own knowledge because he has all power and all wisdom. So God can control everything about His being, including what He wants to know and what He does not want to know. Can that be so far-fetched? Amen. So what I'm saying then is He purposely chooses to forgive and forget about sins we have committed. If he chooses not to know about the sins we committed because he forgave us and he forgot that he forgave us, then that's what I'm talking about. So he chooses not to know that he ever forgave us to start with. And even the sins we will commit in the future, sad to say, if we meet his conditions of forgiveness which includes faith in the blood of the Lamb and repentance. Without repentance, there are no ways to be forgiven. So when God forgives a person, He forgets that He forgave the person. So in that sense, then, He limits His own knowledge because He chooses to do so. Do I sound like a theologian doctoral therapist yet? I can go that route if you want. 
You need counsel, by the way. <laughs> so then God forgets that He ever forgave our sins when we received Christ as Savior, Lord, and King. Now, if you haven't received Jesus as your Savior, Lord, and King, then your sins are still intact in your life. They are not forgiven because you have not believed on the only begotten Son and repented of those sins that would take you down. Hmm. So repentance is a good thing. Not because God has forgiven us by the blood of the Lamb. That's the only way to have your sins cleansed is to accept the sinless blood that Jesus gave on the cross. He was God's sacrificial offering. So their Father God gave an offering for us because we just messed it up. He loved us enough to send His own Son to this earth to be born of the Virgin Mary, placed in the womb of the Virgin Mary, lived 33 years thereabouts without any sin, went to the cross and died in our place, paid the price for whosoever will believe. Now, everybody's saying now. Does God know whosoever? Now, I'm delving in something that is pretty deep. The deep calls to deep. Now, when we receive Christ, we are justified. That's a theological term we use. In other words, God declares us legally innocent of all charges that Satan might accuse us of. Because there is no trial that we will stand or ever will stand. Jesus bore the trial. We'll never be tried in the Supreme Court of Heaven if you're born again. Because Jesus was the one that was tried. What Satan forgot is Jesus was innocent of all charges because he was innocent of the accusations. Now in 1 Peter 3.18 today, do you want me to repeat that? I don't know if I can. In a nutshell, what I'm saying is that God willfully chooses to forget that He forgave us to start with. Angels will never experience that salvation, regeneration. They cannot be saved. Fallen angels cannot be saved. The only way to receive the benefits of conversion is to give your entire life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, you've got to sell out. You've got to surrender that rebellious nature that holds you back. Because God wants your heart, see? He already knows everything that you've done wrong. But if you will surrender your heart to Christ and make Him Lord of your life, then His righteousness that comes from Christ will be given to you by grace, not that of yourself. It's a mystery, isn't it? 
First Peter 3.18. Let me, let me go to uh, another verse here. Uh, let's go to uh, Revelation 22.17. So we're not even going to try to preach today. I'm discombobulated right now. Lead counsel. Before I read <laughs> this verse, <laughs> hello everybody on the radio, on TV, radio. Uh, I, I've been on the radio for some time years ago, and they told me I didn't have the right face for it, so. <laughs> I told you I need counsel. Let's think about Adam just a minute, okay? Everybody say Adam. The first son of God. Now, he wasn't God, but he was created innocent. Concerning Adam and transgressions that he committed, God could not be guilty causing Adam to sin. None of us could point a finger at God and say, you're, you're evil, you, you, you caused me to do this and that. Adam chose to do what he did. But there are some that teach, now here's Davis' theology again, there are some that teach that before Adam was created, God had this plan set in motion, and therefore nothing could be altered or changed because God had predetermined what was going to happen before he ever said, light be. What I teach, excuse me, what we teach is after Adam's sin, then grace uh, then the grace of God kicked in the program. Now the question is, did God know that Adam would sin? That's the question. And if he did know, then would he not be somewhat involved in Adam's transgressions because he knew Adam would sin and cause death, hell, and adversity, disease to come upon the entire human race? I'm saying that very probably God chose not to know what Adam would do. Therefore, he wasn't tempted to stop him. Even when Christ went to the cross, did God really know what was going to happen? Well, it was pre-planned, predetermined. Yes, I understand that. But Jesus still had to pass the test without the help of the Father. So you see, all these theological questions we must deal with, let's put it this way. God can do what He wants to do, when He wants to do it, however He wants to do it, without our approval. The plan of salvation was set in effect after Adam's sin. That's what I'm saying. Now there are a few scriptures that uh, would say otherwise, but it, it kind of caves in when you really go through all the Bible. To repeat, if Adam had, uh, if, if God had predetermined Adam to commit a sin, then would not God be indirectly responsible for Adam's sin? He could not have planned Adam to sin. He may have known, but I choose to think he chose not to know, because God can choose not to know whatever he doesn't want to know. Kind of like Dr. Phil. Well, you know what I know. We'd both know together, but because we don't know, they don't know, and nobody knows nothing. 
This is Dr. Phil. You don't want to know. He's a marriage counselor. By the way, how's his marriage doing? Aha! Uh-huh. So what I'm saying then, as I'm closing point number one, I'm not going to go through this today, because some of you are going to tilt already. It seems to me that God can limit his foreknowledge by choosing not to know what he doesn't want to know. Can God do that? Now the question comes to mind, does God know whosoever will? Let's look at Revelation twenty-two seventeen. Now we'll go there for the last scripture today, and we'll call this a little sermon then, all right? And the Spirit and the Bride says, Come, let him that hears says, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, Amen. let him come, yeah. and take the water of life freely. So, whosoever will may come and receive eternal life. The question is, does God know whosoever? That's the question. Some say yes, some say no, some say I don't know. One of those three answers are correct. But it could be all three are correct. Because some, oh, Some are involved in the election and some are not. Was God lost from you? No, you were lost from God. Did God know about you? Yes, but He didn't know you. Did God limit His knowledge by saying, Adam, where are you? Or did He know? Well, you theologians can figure that out and you can let me know. But I've got enough common sense to know that God knows who you are today because you're here sitting under the Word of God and some precepts and principles from Revelation knowledge. Now, does God know if you're going to give in and get saved or not? I believe He does. Somebody prayed for you. Now, if, if we don't pray for people, then what's the Holy Spirit going to do? Because He needs the connection in the earth. You're the connection. Does God know who's going to be in heaven? Well, some say yes. Some say, I don't know. Well, what about those he blots out of the book? Does he know who he's going to blot out of the book? Or does he wait until he has to blot him out of the book because he doesn't want to know until that time takes place, if it was to take place? And don't say that God cannot blot names out of the book because he warned the church in Revelation chapter 2 and 3 that he would blot the name out of the book if it didn't repent. So does God know who's going to be blotted out? What well, does God know who's going to be written in the book of life? Some say, well, there's a space for your name. I lean that way. But what if your name's not recorded? Well, when judgment day comes, God will show you, well, you're, this is a space for your name, but... You didn't accept the Son, therefore we couldn't put your name in the book because there's only one way to have your name in the book of life. You must believe on Jesus and accept what He did on the cross of Calvary. You must accept who He is and who he, what He's doing right now, making intercession for you and me. 
Now, does he know who to make intercession for? Certainly he knows who to intercede for. He also knows who's going to reject him. Unless he chooses not to know until the manifestation of evil. Did God know who was going to get in the ark? Did God know? I'll leave you with this question. It's a heavy question. Billions of people were drowned in Noah's flood. You can't disprove that, everybody. Did those people go to hell? What about those that were destroyed in the wilderness journey of Israelites from rebellion? Did they go to paradise? What about when we get to heaven by the grace of God and God wipes away all tears from our eyes? Will we forget about the negatives that cause sorrow? It seems so, or it wouldn't be heaven. So if God can take that away from us, I think he can reserve his rights to add to and take away from his own mentality as he sees fit. Does God know how many hairs on your head? That's, that's for sure. That's for sure. Some of you, your hair is so long, he chooses not to know. That's it. Let's stand up, everybody. Praise the Lord. That's the shortest sermon you ever preached, 15 minutes. Well, miracles are still happening today. Amen. Did the Lord meet us today? You're looking at a preacher that's going to get beside himself when everybody rejoices at the same time and gets in one accord. Amen. I encourage you to keep pressing in. That God's got a great inheritance for all of you. Amen. Now, if you're not saved today, you see, there comes a time you'll begin to feel the Holy Spirit pulling on you, pure love pulling on you and bringing you to the safe. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit drawing you to the Savior. But when He's pulling on you, don't balk now, don't pull back, because He may not give another chance. I hope He does, but what if He doesn't? We don't know. So it's best just to, to settle it. Does anybody today need to settle this thing? How do I settle it? You have to give your life to Christ, everybody. You know this, don't you? You have to give your life to Christ. So those that are going to go to heaven, I'll tell you right now, are those that have accepted Christ and are in the will of God. Are you in danger of missing the rapture? We don't want to do that, right? Can you get your life squared away? We'll help you do that. Praise God. Amen. Lord, we delivered a little exhortation today, and your people are good. Amen. Your mercy endures forever. May the Holy Spirit energize us this Lord's Day.